Welcome to the Grace Monroe Podcast. We are a community of Jesus followers located in Monroe, Georgia, that exists to pursue God's heart for the restoration of all things. For more information about our church, visit graceformonroe.com. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoy this week's message. Amen. You may be seated. All right, good morning. Happy Easter. So along with the church uh, all over the world, millions of people are waking up today to proclaim that Jesus Christ is alive. Amen? Let me get a round of applause on that. Jesus Christ is alive. <clears throat> and so we declare it. We say, he is risen. And you say back, he is risen indeed. So he is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen. Amen. Amen. So if you have a Bible, you'll go and open up to Mark chapter 16. The story that changes everything. So on Easter, it's uh, this reminder, this remembrance, this bringing back into our awareness the reality that 2,000 years ago, an event occurred in history that all of history up to that point was pouring towards. And from that point, all of history has found its meaning ever since. 2,000 years ago, an event that changed everything. But also 2,000 years ago on that first Easter morning, there were, no one was aware of what was actually happening, what was actually going on. And so we find in Mark chapter 16, a group of women <clears throat> that are making their way early that Sunday morning to a graveside. having just lost, excuse me, <clears throat> we've been up for a little while this morning. Sunrise came early. Having lost what they thought was everything they had put their hope in. So these women that just a few days before had been with Jesus for three years, they had walked with Jesus. They had watched the things that Jesus had done. They'd seen the way that he'd given sight to the blind, the way that he had cleansed lepers, the way that he had uh, brought broken bones and broken bodies back together, the ways that he cast out the spiritually oppressed, the demoniac, the ways that he had even risen the dead. And they began to think, maybe this one isn't just any ordinary man. Maybe this one isn't just an amazing teacher, though he was certainly that. Maybe he's not just a powerful prophet, though we've heard the way he declares from God. Maybe he's not even just an awe-inspiring miracle worker. Maybe this one is actually the one that God had promised for centuries the anointed king, the Messiah, the son of God. 
And they'd seen not only how he had interacted with those around him and, and the things that he taught, that he taught with the authority of God in the ways that he embodied the kingdom of God, but they also, they also knew at a deeply personal level what Jesus had done for them. Specifically, this one, Mary Magdalene, who had been oppressed by it says multiple demons, her life out of control, her, her mind out of control, her emotions out of control, her life out of control. And then Jesus steps in and changes everything for her. And she pledged everything to him. Her hope was that he wasn't just her savior, but maybe, just maybe, he was in fact the savior of the world. God in the flesh. But that Friday, just a couple days ago, they'd watched him get arrested. They'd watched this false trial take place and him never speak a word. They, they, they watched as he was beaten and spit upon and mocked. They watched as they threw a crown of thorns and thrust it upon his head, threw a purple robe over his bloody back, and then ultimately hung him on a tree. And they watched him die. But God doesn't die. And so with Jesus' death, so died everything that they had hoped for. You can imagine as they watched that body taken off the cross and, and carried gingerly and laid in this cave for a tomb and, and this stone rolled in front of it, that as that stone rolled across that grave, so too did the story end in their heart and their mind. So for them, that first Easter morning, it wasn't like us waking up with excitement in the air, getting our best dressed and getting our kids ready and out the door and egg hunts and Easter baskets ready and, and the excitement and the joy and the hugs and the pictures. No, for them, it was the worst day of their life. Now, can you imagine Friday night as they made their way to their homes and they just sat around wondering what just happened? This isn't how it's supposed to go. And then that Saturday, that long Saturday, if you've lost somebody, you know that next day. They just kind of sit in the same room looking at each other. Maybe somebody tells a story and you kind of laugh a little bit at a memory, but then you just go back into your own silence. That grief. That was their Saturday. That was their last night. So when they woke up early this morning, they weren't expecting anything. In fact, what they were expecting is just to make the most of the brokenness. They were just expecting to clean up the mess of death. They had their embalming and their, their anointing oils, and all they were trying to do is just make the most of an awful situation, which is oftentimes what we do, right? When we find ourselves in tragedy and brokenness, when, the world, when things don't go the way we expect them to, we're just going to make the most of it. So imagine they kind of stumble out of bed that morning. They get their supplies together, probably don't say much to each other. They're walking down that dark road towards that dead tomb. Now, as they get closer, finally, one of them kind of wakes up a little bit and realizes that there's a problem. 
Let me read it for you. Mark 16, it says that when the Sabbath was over, so Saturday night, the Sabbath comes to a close. Sunday morning, they wake up. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, they bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. And so very early, on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb. I mean, the thing that was in front of them, the obstacle that they were facing was overwhelming. It was bigger than they could handle. And all of a sudden they realized we can't even do the thing we were trying to do. We're just trying to make the most of this moment. We are just trying to clean up the mess of death and we can't even do that. Now there's some of you that come into this Easter morning and you know that feeling where the obstacle in front of you, the rock in your path feels overwhelming. I can't even move that forward. What am I supposed to do? And so overwhelmed by their grief, overwhelmed by the reality of their situation, by their loss, by the death of their hope, It says, but when they looked up, and maybe Easter is just that moment when whatever is going on in the world around us, whatever we're struggling with, dealing with, whatever this year has brought into our life or didn't bring into our life that we were hoping it would, maybe Easter is just that moment when for a a split second with God, We just look up. We look up from our circumstances. We look up from the broken reality around us. We look up from our grief and our hopelessness. We look up and see what God has done. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. I love that Mark, he's so intentional with every word, every phrase. that he uses. I love that he 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 chooses to include this reality is that it was a large stone. It's not like the obstacle that was in front of them. They had just thought, it's like, oh, actually, you thought it was a big deal. It's not actually a big deal. No, no, it's a large stone. It really was large. There was nothing you could do on your own, but God showed up. And it's not like God looks at your circumstances, at your grief, your loss, your struggles, the things that you're, you know, wrestling with, confused by and goes, it's nothing, get over it. Now God goes, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, apart from me, you're stuck, but look up and see what I can do. And as they entered the tomb, As they walked into that place of death, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, an angelic messenger, sitting on the right side, on the favored side of God. And they were alarmed, as most everybody in the Bible is when they actually come face to face with an angel. And as angels all throughout history always begin their announcement, the first thing he says, fear not. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, Jesus, the man 
who was crucified. And then those words that change history, those words that we alongside millions declare this morning, he has risen. He's not here. And see with your own eyes the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you will see him, just as he told you. Again, I love these little kind of nuggets that are in the scriptures. That the, the angelic messenger, when he was telling them that Jesus was alive and sending them to proclaim this message, included a, a little note for a man that in that moment felt like the smallest man on the planet, the guy that was supposed to carry the movement into the future, the leader of the pack who had betrayed or had denied Jesus, who now insecure and lost and ashamed, wondered if he even was counted as one of the disciples anymore. Go tell the disciples and make sure you tell Peter that I'm waiting for him. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're looking at your life wondering, have I blown it so much? Have I, have I gone so far that, that God has given up on me? Am I so far from God that he would include me or reach out to me? And maybe this Easter morning as we look up and as we face the, the, the stones in our own lives and we look at our own hearts, maybe that question for you is, does God even remember me? Does God even care? And just like Peter, God calls you by name and calls you back to himself. I'm waiting for you. Come and see. That's the Easter message. So two years ago, we gathered on Easter, actually on this property. Some of you were a part of that. And we went out in the courtyard. At, the point, at that point, it was just a giant a broken asphalt parking lot and, and these dilapidated, abandoned, run-down buildings with graffiti all over the place and boarded up. This room right here, the ceiling was hanging down. It smelled like bat poop because literally it was filled with bat poop. The building up there on the hill we called Zombieland because it literally looked like a scene from The Walking Dead had been filmed in there. It was so bad. Now it's our kid area, so that makes you feel good about what we do with kids, right? Zombieland. The gym that we worshiped in front of, uh, that as we proclaimed who Jesus was, the roof caving in. But as we proclaimed Jesus, the hope was that maybe God could restore this place. Maybe God could do something here that's significant. And so with all kinds of expectation and excitement, even in the face of what looked awful and hopeless, we were like, this is going to be amazing. That was two years ago. Do you remember where we were last year on Easter? At home, sheltered in place, wondering if the world was coming to an end. I literally was getting reports that a, a disaster, a, a depression, an economic downfall greater than the Great Depression was only weeks, maybe months away. We were making contingency plans about what happens if this whole thing collapses. Confused, no one knew what the future held. Scared, 
grieving. Everyone had lost something. As the year went on, I've sat with many of you who have lost family members and loved ones. But some lost their senior years. Some lost the trips that they'd been excited about. Some, everyone lost something in that moment. And everyone sat huddled in their living rooms. And yet still we proclaimed, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And no matter what the circumstances and no matter what the situation and no matter what we've lost in this world, it is still true. Jesus is alive. And the resurrection happened. And whether we stand and sing with hope and expectation or we stand and sing in a place of discouragement and struggle, Easter, we look up and we remember what Jesus has done. And so here we are a year later with all kinds of stories to tell, some good, some bad, some painful, some amazing. And we look up and Jesus is alive. He is risen and he is waiting for you. Now the women, as we think about where we go from here, Those women were entrusted with a message. They became the first evangelists of the Christian church. And they were sent to go proclaim the things that they had seen and what God was doing. And so in the same way, Jesus invites us into an encounter with him, longing to step into whatever situation we find ourselves in, lifting us up into his present reality. But the power of Easter isn't just that one day a year we come and remember something God did 2,000 years ago. The power of the resurrection is that Jesus is alive. Jesus is present. Jesus is available. God loves you and he is with you and he is for you. And that is just as much true today as it was 2,000 years ago. But here's the really good news. That is just as true tomorrow morning when you're driving to work. Tomorrow afternoon when you get out of your car and go in and deal with your family, tomorrow night as you lay down and go to bed, the reality of Easter, isn't it, didn't it just change something for a day, a year? It changed everything for every moment. The power and the presence of God, the creator of this universe, available for you and for me in each and every every moment of our lives. Now that's good news. That's the point of Easter. Not just one day a year we remember what happened a long time ago, but an invitation into an ever-present reality, an eternal way of living that begins now and lasts forever. So when Jesus hung on that tree, he wasn't just making a political statement a symbolic act of martyrdom. When Jesus hung on that tree, he was taking on himself. God was taking on himself the sinfulness and the brokenness of all of humanity so that we could be set free and no longer separated from a good God who loves us and calls us his own. And so the invitation of Easter 
as wherever you find yourself this morning, to look up, see what God is doing, to receive the forgiveness and the grace that he offers on the cross, the power of the cross that we take, the shame, the guilt that we carry, the burdens that weigh us down, and we let them die on the cross with Jesus. The power of the cross isn't just simply that God takes our junk on himself, but praise the Lord, he does that. But the amazing thing is that in exchange, he pours out his goodness and his blessing on us. We give him our sin, he gives us his peace. We give him our shame, he gives us his joy. We give him our guilt, he gives us his love. That's the power of the cross. And on Easter, we remember that on the cross, when Jesus died, our sin died with him. And when Jesus rose from the grave, we were invited into a new life with him. Look up this Easter morning. Will you step in to what Jesus is inviting you into? Not just today, but tomorrow and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, an eternal way of living from now through eternity. So I want to pray for us as we celebrate this Easter Sunday, the reality of who God is and what he has done, the goodness of that gospel message. We're going to worship some more together. Before we do that, I just want to make some space for you in your own heart, just you with God to look up in your own way and receive what God might have for you. So I invite you just to close your eyes. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are as real and as present in this room as we are. that you are not a God who is dead, but alive and present, powerful and available. So we declare that Jesus Christ, you are Lord and you are King and you reign over everything in heaven and on earth. And as powerful and as big as you are, you still call us by name and invite us into relationship with you. So Lord, I just pray for each one of us here Lord, will you just call to mind if there's any place that we're living under the weight of guilt or shame or condemnation, the struggles and the burdens that we carry any place of fear or anxiousness where we feel stuck or alone. Lord, is there any place that we've given up hope? And so whatever's coming to mind, just between you and the Lord in the silence of your own heart, Just confess that to him.
I mean, he already knows it. Confession is just simply stating what is. So in your own heart, but with the Lord, in the name of Jesus, I confess that I, whatever it is, that I feel this way, I have done this thing, I am holding on to this. Just acknowledge it to the Lord. And whatever that thing is, just in your own heart, just imagine that you're just taking it and laying it at the foot of the cross. And release those things to Jesus. Let him have it. The Bible declares that when we confess our sins, the places that we fall short, that God is faithful and just and forgives us, cleanses us, purifies us. So may you receive the forgiveness of Christ, the presence of Christ. You are forgiven in the name of Jesus. in that great exchange. So Lord, we pray that in the same way we ask to bring to mind the places of brokenness or struggle or shame. And we give those things to you, Jesus. For each person here, will you just call to mind for them? Will you bring it up into their heart? What do you want to replace it with, Lord? What do you want to give them in exchange for that junk that they just gave to you? Will you just whisper that into their heart even now, Lord? What do you want to pour into their life, Jesus? Whatever's coming to mind, just tell them, I receive in the name of Jesus, whatever that is, your forgiveness, your peace, your comfort, your joy, your love, your presence. What does he want to give you this Easter morning? So Lord, we thank you that you are eternally at work, inviting us into deeper experience with you, releasing us from the shame that we carry and filling us with your presence by your Holy Spirit. So Lord, as we worship you, will you continue your work, that resurrection work in our hearts and our lives. In the powerful and precious name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Will you stand with me and let's worship together? Thanks for listening. Once again, our mission at Grace Monroe is to pursue God's heart for the restoration of all things. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, go to graceformonroe.com connect. 
Also, if you felt blessed by our ministry and want to partner with us financially, everything you need to know about giving is online at graceformonroe.com give. We hope you have a wonderful week. Be blessed.